This podcast is sponsored by Talkspace. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and Talkspace, the leading virtual therapy provider, is encouraging people to talk it out in therapy. By talking or texting with a supportive, licensed therapist at Talkspace, you'll gain insights, discover truths, and experience breakthroughs that will improve how you live and how you feel. With Talkspace, just answer a few questions online, and you'll be matched with a therapist. And because you'll meet your therapist online, you don't have to take time off work or arrange childcare. You'll meet on your schedule, whenever you feel most at ease. Plus, Talkspace works with most major insurers, and most insured members only pay a $25 copay or less. No insurance? No problem. If you want to make progress toward a mentally healthier place, Talkspace is here for you. Now get $80 off your first month with promo code SPACE80 when you go to Talkspace.com. Match with a licensed therapist today at Talkspace.com. Save $80 with code SPACE80 at Talkspace.com. Welcome to the Eric Erickson Show podcast, Hour 3. Breaking news, the Federal Reserve has held interest rates steady as predicted following 15 months of interest rate hikes. Uh, They did signal they would likely resume tightening, uh, projecting more increases this year, but pausing them right now, uh, holding steady. So there you have it. That is the breaking news happening right now. Uh, there is a, a story out that I had missed, and, and my buddy Ryan, who's a meteorologist, um, put this on my radar. You hear a lot of data these days about screwed up kids, that lockdowns impacted the mental health of kids, and there's a whole lot of concern in the mainstream media right now about the mental health of children who have been locked down and isolated. You also will hear the left worry about the mental health of their children who may or may not be transgender based on acceptance of transgenderism. I would note the data shows, however, that regardless of where one lives in the country, Uh, There is still a a notable uh, suicide rate for those who identify as trans, even in communities where there is full acceptance, uh, which suggests there's actually something else going on there related to mental health. And mental health is the concern, and everybody addresses the mental health concern. What we don't talk about enough is progressive parents screwing up their children. I take you now to Helena, Montana, a high school athlete who, along with 15 other young people, took Montana to court over climate change, testified Tuesday that increased smoke from forest fires makes it difficult for him to compete and a doctor prescribed an inhaler to help his breathing. Micah Cantor, 15, says he has been worried about climate change since as a four-year-old he dictated a letter to Senator John Tester of Montana because he was too young to write it himself. He says it's increasingly difficult to run or go on hikes with his family, and the warmer conditions have shortened snowboarding season. 
He testified on day two of a first-of-its-kind trial in which the 16 young Montana residents are arguing the state is violating their constitutional rights by failing to keep the environment clean. They're asking a judge to declare unconstitutional a state law that prevents agencies from considering the effects of greenhouse gases when they issue permits for fossil fuel development. Micah says he's worried about climate change. It makes it hard for him to fall asleep at night. Hello, friends. Can we have a chat? If you have a four-year-old who is dictating letters to members of Congress about climate change, you have screwed up your child. Micah should be suing his parents for screwing up his brain. No four-year-old dictates letters to Congress. I don't care who the four-year-old is. No four-year-old is dictating letters to Congress about any social policy unless induced by his parents. Few four-year-olds even know what the hell Congress is. These people screwed up their kid. What's remarkable is that the Associated Press doesn't even take on that angle. This is about the trial. So my buddy Ryan points out, back in the 1600s, we had the Salem Witch Trials. The Salem Witch Trials occurred during the Little Ice Age, during a period of global cooling. Religious leaders of the day blamed witches for the crop failures and sickness. They blamed the witches for the weather. The Salem Witch Trials fell within an extreme cold spell that lasted from 1680 to 1730, one of the chilliest segments of the Little Ice Age. The notion that weather may have instigated those trials is being revived by Salem State University historian Tad Baker in his forthcoming book, A Storm of Witchcraft. Building on a thesis, Baker has found clues in diaries and sermons that suggest the harsh New England winter really may have set the stage for accusations of witchcraft. According to the Salem News, one clue is a document that mentions a key player in the Salem trial, Reverend Samuel Paris, whose daughter Betty was the first to become ill in the winter of 1691-92 because of supposed witchcraft. In the document, Reverend Paris is arguing with his parish over the wood supply. A winter fuel shortage may have made for a fairly miserable colonial home. We're back at the witch trials. Only this time it's the heat, not the cold. You got a kid going to court, multiple kids. You've got 16 kids going to court, suing the state of Montana, claiming the state of Montana is to blame. not their parents, for scaring them to death. Think about uh, Greta Thunberg. Greta Thunberg is out there scowling at America. 
and the world for climate. Greta Thunberg, her superpower is she's on the spectrum. She herself admits she's on the spectrum. You're not allowed to call her autistic, even though she apparently is, because that undermines her scowl at the world as she angrily looks at us and judges us for climate change. She is one of those people convinced the world is coming to an end and we're all going to die. Greta Thunberg is very upset at you for what you have done. You, you listening right now in your car, stuck on some interstate, burning fossil fuels, you are exhaling carbon dioxide into the atmosphere, you mouth-breathing fossil fuel-burning hypocrite. You're killing Greta Thunberg, and this poor little Micah in Montana is upset. Because at four years old, his parents undoubtedly convinced him the world is going to burn. And they worked him into an existential frenzy. This is very sad. It, it actually is very, very sad. That kids can't live their lives because their parents have traded real religion for the false one of global warming. And have convinced them the end is nigh. Now, I, I got to tell you, and, and I do want to stretch this in, into uh, religion in a way that you can all understand it. There, there are people on this planet who believe the second coming is imminent. They believe the second coming is coming. So scripture talks about the birth pangs, and, and one of the signs of the end times are, are the birth pangs, war, rumors of war. Um, you're going to have earthquakes and natural disasters and, and, and just insanity in the world. And when it talks about birth pangs, several theologians will tell you what it means is that when a woman gives birth, she starts having contractions. The contractions intensify over time. They get more rapid over time uh, until the baby is delivered. And so the idea of birth pangs is the crazy events of the world they escalate. They they get more rapid. You're aware of things more. So, like, there have been a lot of uh, reports of earthquakes that seems like to be increased. And archaeologists, geologists will tell you we're not actually having more earthquakes. It's just we have more knowledge of them. Same with volcanoes. But then you have the madness. I mean, uh, 15 years ago when people were arguing about gay marriage, saying, well, if you allow gay marriage, that's it. That's all that will happen. Uh, and then suddenly we're into transgenderism, and now we're into throuples, and now we're into can I marry my horse, all the things they said wouldn't happen. And it's a gradual escalation. And now we're at the point where you actually have people in mainstream culture suggesting that uh, men attracted to boys, there's really nothing wrong with it. It's perfectly natural. You just have this escalation of insanity happening. And people are like, it's the end times. Come, Lord Jesus, look off to the east. He comes, Aslan's on the move. And they get worked up about it. And they're like, why do I want to have kids? Because Jesus is coming tomorrow. What's the point? There's no difference between the Christian fundamentalist who believes the world is at an end and the environmentalist who believes the world is at an end. They are altering their future livelihood and existence and putting their worries and fears on their children in the exact same way. And the Christian, frankly, is sinning because if you're a Christian, the Bible says, don't worry, that's a sin. The environmentalists, they don't have that. All they can do is fret and worry. And they look at the rest of us, and it leads to bad things. The reason left-wing religion always leads to mass violence is because the eschatology is so damning. When you take one of the mainstream religions of the world, there's, there's a heaven, there's a hell, there's a day of judgment, and the people who are believers to go to heaven. 
whether it's Islam, whether it's Judaism, whether it's, it's Christianity, that there's an afterlife and it's on you. With environmentalists, with the secularists, doesn't matter, the communists, it's always if your neighbor is screwing up your life, you're screwed. It doesn't matter what you do. There is no positive eschatology. There's no positive theory of the end times. For the left, in fact, there is no end times. There's just this world. And if you ruin this world, then we're all going to die. And you, the environmentalist, you can do everything right. You can put solar panels on your roof. You can put a windmill in your backyard. You can harness the power of the unicorn farts for clean, renewable energy. And as long as your neighbor has five and a half kids in an SUV, you're still going to burn because of what your neighbor did. So the only only way to improve your life is to eliminate your neighbor. That's why every major secular left-wing religious ideology ends in mass murder. Because the only way to save yourself is to kill the guy who won't conform to the agenda. And in Montana... You have a group of middle and high schoolers suing the state because their parents have so traumatized them about global warming back to when they were four years old, dictating letters to members of Congress over global warming. They're suing the state, claiming the state is at fault for their existence, and they're traumatized and they can't even go to sleep at night because they're so scared of global warming. That's on the parents. That's on the parents. Where is child services? These parents have screwed these kids up, and the media wants to portray the kids as heroes when they've been deeply screwed up by their parents who are to blame for this new religious zealotry of the left and the brand-new Salem witch trials going after people because the world is getting warm instead of cold. It is insanity that just like transgenderism is being normalized by a press that is out of line with not just the American people but with also common sense and decency. Have you ever wished you could become an even more effective conservative advocate? Like, uh, who could you rely on to give you the knowledge and information you need to make more persuasive arguments, how to knock on doors, how to show up at your local city council, or to meet your state legislator to advocate for small government? Americans for Prosperity can help you. They train you to be a better conservative activist, to grow the movement and fight for small government around the country from the local level to the federal level. And they put points on the board. Over 200 legislative victories in the past year alone advocating for smaller government and reduced regulation. Americans for Prosperity wants you on their team. You can join them at americansforprosperity.org slash eric. Americansforprosperity.org slash E-R-I-C-K. They've got over 30 chapters around the country in states. They're growing new ones all the time. Be a part of a movement for small government with americansforprosperity.org slash Eric. Go check them out today. My goodness, you people. Did y'all just hear that through the microphone? Good Lord, the lightning and thunder that just happened. So it, it, very, very interesting. Uh, so I... He, if you were somehow able to, to see the last video recorded on, on the environmentalists, the crazy thing that happens is uh, as I started in the camera, it's fairly light out the window. And by the end, it is pitch black. I mean, you can't see anything outside. It's it's. I had to open up the iris a little bit to let more light in. And it's still pretty black outside. It is just dark out there, pouring down rain right now. And all of a sudden, thundering and lightning, uh, the whole eastern seaboard, it seems like, has just got all sorts of messy weather happening right now. Um, 
gosh, if you're up at uh, my affiliate WICC in, in Bridgeport, you're about to get slammed in Connecticut. But let me see where I am here. Uh, yikes. Uh, severe thunderstorm, lots of hail in the Noonan area where I am. More here down in middle Georgia blowing through. Goodness gracious. Um, weather is a mess out there. Um Gosh, on days like this, I I w- wish I, I I spent a little more time just on my my flagship station because there's just man hail and and severe thunderstorms moving into the Atlanta area, um, miserable weather out there today. I got to play golf yesterday. Okay, so I, I listen. Those of you on hold, I, this is a short segment, which is why I'm somewhat rambling here because I don't have time for your phone call. Um, but I want to take your phone call, so if you'll just be patient with me, give me about uh, seven minutes or so, I will get to your phone call. I y'all know I like to play golf and I'm a bad golfer. And when I say I'm a bad golfer, a lot of good golfers say they're bad golfers uh, and they're really better than me. And I'm a bad golfer. I've gotten better. Uh, There's this golf pro um, up at my favorite golf course called Barnsley Resort. Uh, His name's Kyle. And he has at least gotten me off the tee box now pretty consistently. And and I'm, I'm not a good golfer, but I'm working on it. But I played golf yesterday with a guy who's been a golf coach. He's 34 years old. His name's Eric as well. And he is an actual good golfer. Like, this is the first good golfer I've played golf with where just consistently. Now, I don't play off the front tees, the women's tees. I do play one back where, like, normal people play. I had to move back because this dude is so good. I'm using my my uh, driver, and he's, like, with a 7-iron, and he's still hitting it further than me with the driver. It's like, look— I'll go back further just for you. It was, I was embarrassed to play with him. He was so good. Uh, But I had a great time, played 18 holes, Uh, loved to play. And I'm glad I did yesterday because when I look at the, there's no way I already got the the email that my local golf course is completely shut down because of the rain. You couldn't be out there anyway. It's lightning everywhere. It's insane weather around here today. I'm ready for blue sky again, but the plants needed watering. When we come back, I want to take your phone calls. I really do. We've got some great calls uh, on the line, 877-973-7425. But also, when we come back, I want to talk about the law of unintended consequences. Those of you, I didn't realize people had sesame allergies, but people do. And the government has tried to help the people with uh, sesame allergies and the law of unintended consequences has taken over and is actually making things even worse for people with allergies to sesame seeds. Fascinating article in the Wall Street Journal I want to talk about after taking your phone calls. Right now, though, I got to tell you about my love of Vision Computers. Man, I am so happy uh, that I am finally doing business with Vision. You will be, too. Uh, their, their technical support is incredible. It is really, really incredible. So my son has a Gmail account. I didn't know my son had a Gmail account. And I asked my son, when did you set up your Gmail account? He says, well, Vision Computer helped me set it up. He needed it for a program. The program was easier to log in with Google, and they helped him get it set up, and it was fantastic. Uh, and and you know what? They even did, like, the, the security and stuff for him for those age-appropriate. I didn't even have to think about it. My first reaction was, my gosh, I don't want you to have a Gmail account. What about all the stuff? You need? They, they, they took care of it. I didn't even have to ask them. It was incredible. Um, and they can do that for you. They can do it for your business. They can do it for your home. They can build you a computer that lasts, makes it upgradable so that you don't have to keep buying new computers for your office, for your home, and then they handle the tech support and 
I, y'all, it is really incredible, and they answer the phone. In fact, my kid has said they've answered the phone every time and helped him. Uh, he doesn't get put on hold. It's great. A, you can call them at 404-COMPUTE anywhere nationwide. From Oregon, Washington, down to Florida, 404-COMPUTE, or go to visioncomputers.com. Let them take care of all your computer needs. 404-COMPUTE. Greetings. Welcome. It is Eric Erickson here. The phone number 877-973-7425. I want to spend time with you guys now on the phones. Got some great calls. Uh, Let's start with Jason. Welcome to the show, Jason. How are you? Hey, Eric. How's it going? Um, So I just wanted to say, um, you know, back in 2016, uh, Trump presented a great case against Hillary Clinton. So that she was entitled to the office, a career politician, all talk, no action, corrupt. You know, she was a sore loser when she lost, um, too incompetent to handle sensitive government material properly, um, uh, potentially criminal. You remember all the lock her up mm-hmm. chants at the rallies. Don't you think Trump has largely become the thing that he ran against in 2016? You know, he's very entitled to the office. You hear people arguing against DeSantis by saying, oh, Trump needs to be in 2024. DeSantis has to wait his turn in 2028. You know, he's a career politician. You know, the the first thing he did when he got in office is um, file for running for reelection. Um, within months, he was already doing rallies. He cared more about getting reelected than, you know, you know, his, the actual job that he had to do. Um, you can argue he overpromised and underdelivered. You know, you can argue he was a sore loser. Uh, and with this indictment, you know, even if you think he's being treated unfairly, the arguments against Hillary Clinton that he used, he can totally use against himself this election. <laughs> so I kind of wanted to get your take on, yeah, on look, this. I, I, if there's kind of an angle here. I, I hadn't thought about it, but you're you're kind of right on that. Now, now his supporters, of course, will yell at both of us for saying it. But I mean, there is this this idea of entitlement that he he's entitled, he's the chosen. Uh, no one should be allowed. I mean, that's what Hillary Clinton's argument was in 2016. It was her time. It was her turn. Uh, everybody else needed to sit it out. And if you ran against her, you were disloyal. Uh, and she was deeply dis uh, unlikable. And it turns out he won. Because she was so much more unlikable than him. And at this point, if you were to ask voters, voters think he's more unlikable than Joe Biden. And that just surprises me because whether you like Donald Trump or not, he's a funny person. Uh, He's way more entertaining than Joe Biden. But voters are just kind of tired of the shtick. And that's the problem. Um, Voters, I, I think they're kind of exhausted. And Joe Biden does not exhaust them in the way Donald Trump exhausts them and the way Hillary Clinton exhausted them. And this, this entitlement mm-hmm. mentality of uh, you're disloyal to me if you run against me and it's my time, it's my turn, and only I can win and blah, blah, blah. We've been down this road before. Jason, I hadn't thought about it in that way, but you're kind of right, and you're probably going to get a lot of hate mail from people. <laughs> <laughs> but, 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 Eric, one thing I want to add real quickly is You know, both Hillary and Trump, they had their negatives in 2016, Um, you know, but now it seems that Trump has the same negatives that Hillary had back in 2016 with with all this kind of career politician entitlement stuff. Like, so what my worry is, is that 
you know, he's just going to be completely blown out in a general election, which is, you yeah, know, Look, I, I have that concern, and, and there are – we're also in a cry-wolf situation here we have to be mindful of. In 2016, I was in the boat of people convinced the man could not win, uh, that Access Hollywood was damaging, and we were all wrong. Uh, and so a lot of his voters look at 2016 and say, well, you were wrong then. You must be wrong now. But they look at 2020 where I said they were going to have problems and, well, they say, well that was stolen. Um, and, and there is this level of apologetics that goes into being a Trump supporter where, for example, um, I now have a series of emails from people who say the reason that the Biden administration has indicted Donald Trump is because they're scared of him on the ballot. So they got to try to throw him in jail to stop him, which is, uh, is, is fatuous nonsense, but they now believe it. Or for example, I've now gotten the apologetic of the reason he didn't indict Hillary Clinton was because she threw the Russia stuff in his face and his administration was caught so off guard by it, they couldn't deal with the Russia stuff and prosecute Hillary Clinton at the same time. They keep coming up with with just unbelievably uh, fact-twisting, logic-twisting arguments to try to justify what's going on. And, and that frustrates me because at the end of the day, it's not logic, it's not reason, it's all emotion packaged as reason. And emotion can only get you so far with an American people who really hate both sides but hate the Republican side more. Um, and I don't know how to get through to them. I'm going to have hate mail from this, Jason, because of our discussion. It is your fault, uh, but it's going to yeah. come regardless. Oh, yeah. No, no, look, it, listen, it, it's, I, 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 and I realize it's all emotion, and that's the thing. And, and, Jason, I'll let you go there, but this is the thing that frustrates me the most about the GOP right now is – we used to be the party of reason, and the Democrats were the party of emotion. And Trump supporters, many of whom started out as Democrat and became the part of the Republican Party, are deeply emotional when it comes to Donald Trump. And I get it. They feel like they got to have his back because they feel like he had their back. Uh, but, you know, Tucker Carlson and those text messages from Fox um, essentially said everything Trump touches turns to poop, except he didn't say poop. And, and really, we didn't get as much out of his administration as people like to think we did. We just tell ourselves that. I mean, that's Tucker Carlson. That's not me. That, that's his uh, unvarnished uh, text messages that uh, Trump needs to go away. That That's Tucker Carlson. That's not me. Don't send me the hate mail. Send Tucker Carlson the hate mail. That's what he said. And it just it, it, the, the level of emotion... You can't deal rationally or reasonably. It, there is this level of apologetic. And what I mean by apologetic is is uh, every religion has people who will defend the religion. And when you ask them for inconsistencies or point out inconsistencies, they have a, a way to explain it away. And Trump supporters emotionally reacting on the Trump stuff have a, an apologetic to the defense of Donald Trump that does still involve trying to explain away um, all of these issues and try to make you be convinced that actually he's the only one who can beat Joe Biden. And I personally don't think it's true. I think if the economy goes to crap, as is likely, yes, he could. But you've got to tank the economy in order to bolster his chances. And I don't know that it's going to be tanked so bad that the American people who are tired of the drama um, are going to shift themselves uh, in his favor. And that's my fear. If the country really is going to hell in a handbasket with Joe Biden, why take the chance on a man the feds are trying to throw in jail? Tom, you're going to be up next. Welcome. 
Tom? Yeah. Hi, how are you? How are you today? I'm doing just lovely. Uh, actually, in contrast to what you just said, I think that part of the Trump deal here uh, is that they're trying to galvanize the Trump supporters so where they won't vote for anybody other than than Donald Trump. Uh, that, that kind that's kind of been part of my theory too. Is is they're they're trying to they do want, their best to help. Right now, I've got another point too. Uh, based on your uh, assessment a while back about the high school kids suing the government, as a farmer, would I have standing to sue the federal government for uh, all these climate changes that have decreased the amount of uh, carbon dioxide put into the air that are is adversely affecting my crops (laughs) you can try um i'm i don't know how a judge gave these kids standing in uh in montana uh i'm i'm actually flummoxed i assume it's some sort of progressive judge who allowed them standing to file suit like that i mean generally if if the general rule is you don't have standing if there's some problem that uh, affects everybody you can't go sue for this problem and climate change is one of those issues, and I can't believe the judge gave them standing. But, I mean, I guess if you move to Montana and start a farm, go see this judge and sue, that would be a fantastic lawsuit, wouldn't it? Because more carbon dioxide in the air, the better your crops are going to do. Oh, exactly, exactly. So we're, you're contributing to uh, uh, global starvation? Uh, yep. The okay. Hey, hey, Tom, I, I, I want to go off on a, on a tangent with you. And, and since you, you're, you're a farmer, uh, what do you grow? What are your crops? Uh, hey, I grow vegetables and uh, uh, corn and stuff. All right. So how many acres? I've got 100 acres. Okay. So now let me talk to you about this. And again, wild ambush, and I apologize. I'm ambushing a listener, which is unfair. Um, so what do you think about it? Just give me your, your honest opinion. The the number of people who are selling their farmland to the power companies that are now putting solar panels on, on the land that used to yield food for America, uh, is now yielding energy when the sun shines and, and nothing when the sun doesn't shine. I just, I got this personal concern that uh, a lot of power companies buying up profitable farmland, uh, putting solar panels down. And, and at what point are we not going to have enough land to grow crops? It's, it's coming. Uh, part of your problem is that the most of the farmers are older. Uh, I myself, I'm seven, I'll be 72 here in October. Uh, and you've done this for a while, and your children realize how dang hard you have to work and realize they can make a living and making more money with a lot less effort and aren't interested. So I think a lot of it is they're selling the land simply because the, the prices are ridiculous at times uh, versus the income you get off that same land uh, and the fact that they don't really have anybody to pass the farm on to. Mm-hmm. Is, is I, I think some of, the, some of the issues. There are very, very few uh, multi-generational farms uh, anymore because most of the younger, younger kids go off to the city and go to work and you know, don't want to be out here in the in the country. I, you know, I live in Northwest Georgia. I've got a, I'm I'm 20 miles from the nearest gas station. You know. Wow. So so. so, I, so I 
Now you're yeah, 20 miles from the nearest gas farm. station. Wow, that's man. I I want your farm because because then I really could bury the bodies <laughs> of the neighbors who try to bother me. <laughs> um, exactly, exactly. So, so well, when are you switching over to battery powered tractors? Uh, no. Well, I, every time I cut a hay field, I look around and I have yet to find a darn plug to plug the damn thing into. So I don't, you know, I don't know how that's going to work. <laughs> I don't either. Listen, I, I have enjoyed chatting with you, and, and thank you for humoring me with that question. Uh, best, best to you out there. At least you're getting some rain on your crops today. That's that's true. That's true. Yep. But we're not getting any uh, solar panel use today. Yeah, that is true. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you very much, Tom. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, let's see. Audie, you're going to be up next. Welcome to the show. Hey, how you doing, Eric? Good. How are you? Doing well. I just wanted to, I listen to you every day, and I wanted to make a comment that I feel like gets missed, is that I didn't vote for Republicans until 2012. And it sounds to me, you know, it's we're always talking about how Trump broke his promises, and yeah, he is monotonous and repetitive and kind of obnoxious. However, since I voted for Republicans in 2012 and since that period, all they've done is break their promises. So the establishment yep. is just as bad as is as, as Trump is or or worse. So Yeah, yeah I'm you know glad that, you say that. You know, you want to pivot you want to you want to pivot away from Trump, but what do you pivot to? It's the same nonsense that broken promises. You know, they had the House, the Senate, and the presidency, and they failed to do nothing. They didn't get anything right. done. So, so Audie, that's kind of my, my, my take. I, I, need to, I need to pat you on the back because you are a brave, brave soul to call a national radio program and admit the year you decided to vote for Republicans was the year Mitt Romney ran for president of the United States. Yeah, <laughs> I just Which and listen, I, regret, I, by the way. I, I I like the man personally, but yeah, I I I never never supported Romney's presidential campaign. Uh, I always expected he was way moderate than he tried to come across. And and you know you're right, and I have long argued the reason the Republican Party got Donald Trump is because the Republican leaders routinely made promises they never had an intention of keeping. And if you look, for example, at the Republican consultants who have turned on the GOP, they're the Romney consultants, they're the McCain consultants, and it turns out they're pro-transgender agenda, they're pro-abortion, they're all of the things their candidates said they were not, which can easily lead anyone to believe that maybe the candidates themselves were not really as committed to the principles they claim to be. And so as yep. much as I don't particularly care for Trump, he was kind of a necessary wrecking ball to the party to burn down an establishment that regularly lied to its voters. Yes. Now, the problem is I what agree. comes next. Yeah. I, I mean, and, and you, you, you and I can agree on that, but we, we do have the issue of what comes next. And uh, I, I, a guy who's got to go to trial in New York and in Florida and probably in Georgia and maybe in Washington um, I just I think someone's going to have to message this of, look, he did some good for the party and, and beat the bad guys within the party who are now on the outside throwing stones in. But he can't win in court and on the ballot because he's got to spend all of his money on his lawyers. And, and I think we're going to have to get to a point where we have that discussion. But emotionally, I think people are still in circle the wagons mode. All right. Now, I, I got to tell you about Patriot Mobile. 
uh, Patriot Mobile. I'm actually going to invite Glenn Story and them to come to the gathering uh, and tell you their story themselves because they are under withering attack from the left for just being effective. But they're effective because you have chosen to trust them with your business, your cell phone business. If you haven't, all you got to do is go to patriotmobile.com slash Eric today and transfer your um, cell service to Patriot Mobile. They're a cell phone provider. You can take your existing phone number to them or get a brand new phone number from them. And you, they get guaranteed great service. They're probably using the same cell towers you're using right now anyway. And then they take a portion of their profits and give it to the causes you care about on the right. And they fund conservative parents against the wokes on school boards around the country. That's why the left is furious with them. They're effective. PatriotMobile.com slash Eric. You can also call them 972-PATRIOT. Tell them I sent you. You get free activation with my name. You get great discounts if you're a veteran, a first responder, a teacher, an NRA member. But do business with a company that wants your business and shares your values. It's PatriotMobile.com slash Eric or 972-PATRIOT. How are you? It is Eric Erickson here across the nation. Too late to get the phone number. Too late to call in. But we got more to talk about. The NCAA has a problem. The hot girl problem. Also, the the good-looking dude problem, I guess you could say. Uh, So, you know, uh, the NCAA athletes now, because of a Supreme Court decision, among other things, the NCAA athletes are now allowed to advertise themselves, use their name, image, and likeness, and make money off of they used to not be able to. And it turns out that uh, the uh, endorsements from companies and brands are going to the good-looking kids. And some people are very upset. So, for example, there are uh, two young, attractive, blonde athletes on a basketball team, and they are particularly, using statistics, not good athletes. But they're smoke shows in the phrase the kids these days would use. And they're getting a lot of endorsement deals because they're very attractive. They're getting it on their looks. And, of course, uh, the feminists are very upset that the good-looking young ladies are getting deals and the unattractive people in comfortable shoes are not. Uh, but same with the guys, too. I mean, the, 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 the good-looking guys who are athletes, but maybe not the best athletes, they're getting the best deals. And everyone's upset. How dare they... Uh, give good-looking people good deals. <laughs> uh, did you think it was something more than the superficiality of that, really? I mean, people are now being disabused of the notion. Your, your, your skills don't matter as much as you look when it comes to getting your face on TV or in a print ad campaign. And all of the horrors of they're like uh, years of agitating for the kids to be able to profit off their name, image, and likeness. They're like, maybe it's not a good idea. The uglies can't make money. <laughs> I just come on, people grow up. Of course, this was going to happen. And you're shocked and appalled that something like this is happening. It was always bound. Have you not seen like TV news? It's not necessarily the best and brightest who get the TV deals, people. It's dim witted people who look good.